It's time for us to get our regular view from Australia. I'm joined by Abhijit Surya, who is Australia and New Zealand economist at Capital Economics. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Abhijit. Good morning. How are you? Very nice to speak to you. I'm very well, thank you. Hope you are well too. Now, let's take a look at what's happening with the RBA. Uh, They left rates unchanged this month. Uh, What might we see from them next? You're right. So the RBA has left rates on hold for three consecutive months now. uh, And that's led some to speculate that its tightening cycle is at an end. Um, But we actually think there's a good case for the RBA to hand down uh, at least one more hike. Um, And the main reason for that is over the past month, uh, most of the economic data that we've uh, gotten have surprised on the upside. To start with, we got GDP data which was stronger than the RBA had expected. Uh, GDP grew by 0.4% quarter on quarter in Q2, and they revised up Q1 as well, which meant that in annual terms, GDP uh, expanded by uh, about 2.1% um, in Q1, uh, sorry, in Q2, and that, that is stronger than the RBA's uh, forecast for 1.6% expansion. So, um, so off the bat, you have activity data surprising on the upside. And perhaps more concerningly for the bank will be the fact that uh, inflation seems to be somewhat sticky. So, I mean, in August, you had inflation tick up from uh, 4.9% in July to 5.2% in August, and that was the first uh, increase in four months. Granted, uh, much of that increase was driven by fuel prices. And uh, if you look at the CPI excluding volatile uh, items, which excludes fresh fruit, fuel, and travel, it did edge down from 5.8% to 5.5%, but we don't think the bank will take much comfort from that. And there's a couple of reasons why. First, uh, the bank's preferred measure of uh, underlying price pressures, which is trim mean inflation, actually halted in its tracks. It stayed unchanged at 5.6% in August. And uh, in a similar way, in services inflation uh, also remained un- un- unchanged last month. And... Uh, Over and above that, you have non-tradables inflation, which is basically a gauge of domestically sourced price pressures in the economy. That uh, edged down only fractionally from uh, 6.5% to 6.2%. I mean, but I mean, it still has a six handle on it at the end of the day. So none of that is good news for the RBA. Uh, And uh, the thing is, the RBA... To be, uh, in its for, in its August forecast, it had assumed that inflation would return to it would just barely return to its end target uh, uh, to its target band by end 2025, and even that forecast was predicated on a on the assumption of a peak rate of 4.25 percent, which is above the 4.1 percent it's currently at. So I mean that basically means uh, in the event of an upside suppressed to inflation, which we did see in August. The, the bank has very little room for no maneuver. So um, it does seem that uh, a rate hike is now more likely than not. Uh, the one caveat I'd add is that the monthly CPI indicator is only a partial indicator, so and it can be volatile from month to month. So it's possible that the RBA may wait till November before it hikes, because by then it will get the full Q3 CPI measure. Uh, 
but uh, even so it's it's hard to see how the bank uh, avoids lifting rates again how closely will the rba be watching what the the fed are doing i feel that that they you know they're not really that closely aligned right so for the better part of its tightening cycle the rba has been uh, uh, marching to its own drum and um, I, but that's not to say what the Fed does doesn't matter because, um, for instance, uh, higher yield differential would put more pressure uh, on the Aussie dollar, which is already weakened considerably in the year to date. And to the extent that a weaker Aussie dollar lifts import costs and adds to inflationary pressures, it's it's um, not ideal for the RBA. So uh, in that sense, uh, even though the RBA doesn't uh, usually respond directly to what the Fed is doing, uh, at the margin, it will put pressure on the RBA to hike again if the Fed does so. Uh, what's happening in Australia in terms of the, the, the labour market and, and wage pressures? Uh, there's been a fairly hot market this year, I think. That's right. So, I mean, uh, as far as the labour market itself is concerned, uh, I mean, so the August data showed that uh, jobs growth uh, was as strong as ever. Uh, employment rose by around 65,000. Uh, but the uh, the good news uh, uh, for the RBA is that labor supply is also expanding equally forcefully because you have this ongoing boom in net overseas migration in Australia, which is helping to boost the labor supply. So that basically, at the margin, that does take some uh, heat out of the labor market. And that's why the unemployment rate was basically unchanged at 3.7%. And we think uh, the unemployment rate will evolve broadly in line with the uh, way the RBA is expecting. For what it's worth, uh, job vacancies data released yesterday do uh, are consistent with the unemployment rate rising to above 4% by year end. So, I mean, that's... Um, that, that the RBA will take some comfort from that, that there is there are signs of labor market slack. But the bad news, however, is that um, wage growth uh, seems to be picking up this quarter. So we all, I mean, we knew that uh, the increase in the minimum wage on July 1st was going to uh, lift uh, wage pressure uh, this quarter anyway, uh, and the RBA will have taken that into account. The minimum wage, for context, uh, rose by... 5.75%, uh, uh, which is uh, uh, the highest rate in several years. Okay. And, uh, okay. Thank you very much. We, we're running out of time now, but really appreciate you joining the show today. That's Abhijit Surya, Australia and New Zealand economist at Capital Economics, bringing us a view from 